This program has been pre-recorded for airing at this time. Please hold all phone calls. Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we are on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you are local, to join in on our discussion, you would dial 702-650-5588. Again, to join in our discussion, if you have a prayer request, a praise report, a simple comment, question, again, we'd love to hear from you, 702-650-5588. If you are calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you. That would be 800-366-8883. Again, 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live over KKVV's website, which is www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. I just waved to you. In addition to that, we are being streamed live over Save the Lost at All Costs website, and our web address is www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, we invite you to visit the website. Again, www.savethelostlv.org. Look for our radio archives link, click on to it, and you can listen to anything that we have broadcasted. And the gospel is always free on our watch. We have years of uh, broadcast on there, so please, as the Spirit leads you, and tell someone else about it. We have great resources on there, too. So if you're looking for resources, local, uh, to help you with your spiritual growth, uh, to help you with anything that's health, wellness, uh, recovery, uh, education, Please, I encourage you to look. Most of the resources are totally free. And also, if you have a iTunes device, and um, like Apple, excuse me, Apple device. iTunes is where we're being archived. So let me say that again. If you have an Apple device, then we are being archived on iTunes. So the gospel, again, is free on our watch. Most of us have a cell phone. So I really encourage you to take this number. And write it down. You can listen to KKVV, which is 1060 AM or 100.1 FM, anytime that you like by dialing this number. It's a cell number, and it only works in the United States, and you can listen to Save the Lost at All Costs right now. So, again, I'm going to give it to you twice. It's 605-313-0630. Again, 605-313-0630. And how you doing, Brother Melvin? I'm, okay. I'm doing good. I'm sorry. All right. Late, well, I'm why don't you pretty good. look over here and let me see if I can get you. Can you hear now? All right. So is that you? Is that you? 
All righty. Well, you may want to change now. the headphones. You hear it now? Yes, okay. I'm doing good. All right, good. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful. It's good to see you. You too. All right. So we are going to go to Genesis chapter 29, and we're going to look at a portrait of Leah. There is a woman, Leah, that we will find in Genesis 29, and she is one of Jacob's wives. So um, this is very interesting. We are going to see polygamy, which means to be married to more than one wife at a time. And uh, that's going on there. Uh, We also have two biological sisters that are married to the same man at the same time. (laughs) So um, children that will be produced will not only be uh, brothers and sisters, they'll be cousins too, you know, (laughs) first cousins in that order. Uh, we're going to see uh, a man that uh, did some trickery. As a matter of fact, uh, his name, Jacob, uh, means deceiver. deceiver. So we're going to be looking at him. Now, you have to understand, um, these are the patriarchs of um, the house of Israel. You know, you have Abraham. Abraham had a son named Isaac. Isaac had a son, you know, Jacob. And uh, Jacob uh, had a son named Joseph. Now, there are other children involved in there, but these are known as the patriarchs of the house of Israel. And the beautiful thing about our almighty God, El Shaddai, is he wants you to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. He doesn't sugarcoat things. Sometimes when people want to describe their faith, they want to make it very sanitized. But God wants you to know that he's always working in our lives. Uh, in spite of the decisions we make or uh, because of the decisions we fail to make. Because he sets a standard and um, he makes it available that we can learn it. Uh, It's not impossible. We can do it, but we have to have a desire to do it. And when we have him in our relationships, Brother Melvin, you will see a big difference. And when we don't have him in our relationships and we want to go on self, then you will see it too. But he's not going to leave us out there. That's the beautiful thing. His grace and his mercy endures forever. But he set up this covenant called marriage. And we see that established uh, in the first um, couple of chapters of Genesis. And now we are moving on to Genesis 29. And we are going to see how some people operate. Uh, There is sex, and then there is love. And you're going to see marriages that have sex and no love. And you see marriages that have a lot of love, but hardly any sex. But see, we have to see how this is going to go. So, Brother Melvin, uh, hold on to your seat. The Holy Spirit is taking over. Amen. Amen. And we're going to get right to it. So we're looking at, you know, a profile of Leah. And that is our topic. So we have some reading to do. And um, Brother Melvin, I printed this out for you so that you can follow along. And uh, that is starting in Genesis 29. Okay. Yes, ma'am. So I am in the New King James Version. Uh, that's what you have too, Brother Melvin. So we'll get to it. <clears throat> 
Chapter 29, Genesis is chapter 29, verse 1, and the word of God says this. So Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. That was verse 1. Verse 2, and he looked and saw a well in the field, and behold, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of that well they watered the flocks. A large stone was on the well's mouth. 3. Now all the flocks would be gathered there, and they would roll the stone from the well's mouth, water the sheep, and put the stone back in place of the well's mouth. 4. And Jacob said to them, My brethren, where are you from? And they said, We are from Haran. 5. Then he said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. 6. So he said to them, Is he well? And they said, He is well. And look, his daughter Rachel is coming with the sheep. 7. Then he said, Look, it is still high day. It is not time for the cattle to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go and feed them. 8. But they said, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered together, and they have rolled the stone from the well's mouth. Then we water the sheep. 9. Now while he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. 10. And it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. 11. Then Jacob kissed Rachel. And lifted up his voice and wept. 12. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's relative. And that he was Rebekah's son. So she ran and told her father. 13. Then it came to pass when Laban heard the report about Jacob, his sister's son. That he ran to meet him. And embraced him and kissed him. And brought him to his house. So he told Laban all these things. 14. And Laban said to him. Surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him for a month. 15. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me what should your wages be. 16. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. 17. Leah's eyes were delicate, but Rachel was beautiful of form and appearance. 18. Now Jacob loved Rachel, so he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. 19. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to another man. Stay with me. 20. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love he had for her. 21. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go into her. 22. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. 23. Now it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to Jacob. And he went into her. And Laban gave his maid, Zilpah, to his daughter, Leah, as a maid. 
25. So it came to pass in the morning that, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served you? Why then have you deceived me? 26. And Laban said, It must not be done. So in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. 27. Fulfill her week, and we will give you this one also for the service which you will serve with me still another seven years. 28. Then Jacob did so and fulfilled her week, so he gave him his daughter Rachel as wife also. 29. And Laban gave his maid Bilahad to his daughter Rachel as a maid. 30. Then Jacob also went into Rachel, and he also loved Rachel more than Leah, and he served with Laban still another seven years. So we're going to finish the last couple of verses in uh, Genesis chapter 29, but we need to establish some things. So uh, are you still with us, Brother Melvin? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So um, it's clear that uh, Jacob, is the nephew of Laban. And Laban's daughters are Leah and Rachel, with the oldest being Leah and the younger being Rachel. And it says that uh, Leah had soft eyes and that uh, Rachel uh, was beautiful, you know, to look at uh, in form. And that um, there was a deal made between, between Laban and Jacob that for seven years he would work and then he would be able to have Rachel as his wife. And the seven years had come to pass and Jacob said, give me my wife. And I'm sure there was a wedding feast because during that time, you know, they would have wedding feast. So subsequently, uh, the night, uh, he's, uh, ready to consummate the marriage with his wife which is to have, you know, sex with his wife. And uh, somehow Leah is put in the place of Rachel. And he doesn't discover until the next day, he being Jacob, that it's not Rachel, it's Leah. Leah. And he says, you know, basically, what have you done? He calls his uncle, you know, basically says, you've tricked me. And the uncle doesn't admit to tricking he just says it's our custom that the oldest daughter is married first, then the younger. And Jacob has to work another seven years. years in order to have Rachel as a wife. However, it says that they will have a week together. They meaning Jacob and Leah. And then after that week is up, then Laban will present his daughter Rachel to Jacob and he will marry her. So I think I got it right, right? Yes. All right. So here we have Jacob, who was known as a deceiver because he tricked his own brother Esau out of his birthright. And that was part of the reason why he had to come to Haran. Mm -hmm. He had to leave his family. His mother said, Rebecca, go with my brother. You'll be safe because your brother uh, has uh, brought to such anger that he wants to kill you. Mm 
because you have tricked him out of his birthright. So uh, he's met a better trickster than him, huh? Yes. So I guess fair exchange is no robbery when you want to do tricks. Yes, absolutely. So uh, there you have it. And uh, the, the uncle didn't see anything uh, wrong. wrong at all. It just said it's our custom that you're going to marry uh, the uh, oldest one first. But do you see how he got 14 years? Yeah. See, first it was the deal for seven. He said, well, look, I can get another seven. So it's taken him 14 years just to get, right to- just, just to get out of service for wanting to get married. But you have to understand here Uh, Based on the scriptures, he doesn't talk about her character, Rachel. He just says how, you know, beautiful. He's he's caught up in how she looks. He's mesmerized. And sometimes, men and women of God, we give people all kinds of passes in reference to their character. We don't even uh, ask them anything of real substance that has to deal with, you know, their relationship with God uh, because we're so enamored with how they look. And uh, looks will fade. Yes. So you're not always going to look a certain way. So I think uh, one thing we need to understand is uh, God uh, does not care about how a person looks. He's not... uh, giving people uh, merit based on their looks or lack of looks. God is concerned about our heart, not our outward appearance. Because you have to understand, that was a problem that Eve had when uh, she met the serpent. She was looking at the fruit and that it was pleasing to her eye. That was the first thing that uh, uh, made her enchanted to where she was even listening to the serpent. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, ma'am. So we have to be mindful for those of us who are very into looks. And they seem to hold a power over us. And it makes us uh, desire that attribute more than what is contained in the heart. This is a very valuable lesson, Brother Melvin, and we can't miss this, okay? Yes, ma'am. Because if we're really being honest, uh, we have valued some people because of the way they looked. And they could be uh, the most nastiest people and just uh, very superficial. And not to say that uh, people who look good are. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is sometimes we have given people uh, more um, worth based on an outward appearance. And sometimes that appearance is a lot of trickery because uh, there's been a lot of uh, things that have been done to make a person look a certain way, and they may not even look like that. Isn't that right, Brother Melvin? Yes, ma'am. The cosmetic uh, industry is, you know, billions and billions of dollars. (laughs) Uh, But that's that's a different radio ministry (laughs) topic, okay? We're going to stay with the subject here. So Jacob has been outdone. So let's uh, keep reading. So verse 31, again, we're in Genesis 29. If you're just joining us, we're doing a profile in Leah today. So Genesis 29, verse 31. Again, I'm in the New King James Version. 
When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. 32. So Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, The Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. 33. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. And his, and she called his name Simeon. 34. She conceived again and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, his name was called Levi. 35. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah. Then she stopped bearing. These are four sons. And that was all from Leah. This is all Leah. Uh, notice in verse 31, it says, When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Now, isn't that amazing? What Almighty God will do for us in a situation. Now, here she was, the first to be married, right? And she only had one week to be alone with her husband before the father introduced her younger sister into the marriage and made them sister wives. <laughs> Do you see how men are making deals? Yes, ma'am. And see, Jacob knew that God had saved him. He had a relationship with God. He knew who God was. So um, there was a week, an opportunity to where... Jacob could have went and alone and prayed to God and said, what am I to do? Help me. Give me the heart. Give me the tools to be the man that I need to be. You See, the thing to. is, is that we have to get the lesson in this. God has planned it exactly how he has planned it so that we can see what it is that we need to do. There's some things that we automatically need to be moved in our spirit. Marriage is a big deal, Brother Melvin, and our listeners. It's a big deal to God. It's a covenant. See, and it's not to be taken lightly. And if it's only based on infatuation, or it's only based off of looks, it's not going to last. It was never meant to last. It, it was doomed from the start. And here, this woman, Leah, is crying out to God. God sees her. He sees her condition. And what does she do? Every time she has a child, there's four children that are here. The first one, she uh, exclaims that uh, the Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Uh, uh, Reuben's name means to see a son. You know, see, my son. Isn't that a beautiful thing? That's a dedication to God. That is a praise report and acknowledging not only are the prayers answered, they're manifested, and he is the reason why they're answered. Even with a man who was not showing you the, the affection. 
See, love is is a is is demonstrative. You just can't say it. It has to have an action with it. You know what I mean? A real deep action. And there's care. Then we look at the second son, and um, she's also still unloved. His his condition hasn't changed. She's produced the firstborn, Reuben, and now we have a second son, and she's still unloved. But she says, uh, the Lord has heard that I am unloved. And so Simeon's name obviously means to hear. Because he saw, and not only did he saw, now he heard. Amen? Amen. And so let's look at the third son. His name is Levi. And she says, now the time my husband will become attached to me. She's speaking something into existence. You understand? She's uh, operating in faith. Now with the third son, he will become attached to me. And Levi is the tribe out of all the 12 tribes that was set aside to serve God. This is amazing, this is Brother Melvin. I, I just get excited, okay? So we got third, that's the third son, right? Yes, ma'am. And now we look at a fourth son, and she calls him Judah. And you know why she calls him Judah? Because Judah means praise. She says, now I will praise the Lord. See, when you name a child, it has to have meaning. Amen? Amen? Because God is the reason why you're able to even have that child. So this was important that she gave honor and where honor was due, gave praise where praise was due. All the glory and honor and praise was due to who? God. This man did not have the right affection and spirit towards her because he was caught up in how something you know, looked, and I'm not saying he didn't have love for her, but he did not demonstrate it. And can you imagine how this affects her and her sister's relationship? Yeah, now, so now we got a competition, but straight off the bat, God mentions love. And in 31, and he says, Rachel was barren. I don't think she had the right spirit. See, some people think their looks are going to get them everything. They, they have a spirit of entitlement. And that's not a spirit of humility. You know, God is sovereign. He'll, he'll bless who he wants to bless. When he wants to bless them and how he wants to. You can't make God do anything. So that's not the right attitude to have. So now we're going to go over to uh, chapter 30. I think it's heating up. What do you think, Brother Melvin? Yes, ma'am. All right. And we could use some water, but we're going to make it without it. <laughs> How about that? So, we're now in Genesis 30, verse 1. Now when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said to Jacob, Give me children or else I die. 2. And Jacob anger was aroused against Rachel and he said am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb 3 so she said here is my maid Bilahad go into her and she will bear a child on my knees that I also may have children by her 4 
Then she gave him Bilahad, her maid, as wife, and Jacob went into her. 5. And Bilahad conceived and bore Jacob a son. 6. Then Rachel said, God has judged my case, and he has heard my voice, and gave me a son. Therefore, she called his name Dan. We're going to keep going, but we're going to look at her attitude. So she blamed Jacob for not giving her children. Now, God said that she was barren. We see that in verse 31, correct? So he is right to tell her that it's God who will open the womb. Amen. But his attitude is not right. That's his wife. And he's angered towards her when, you know, he has been in the presence of God himself. And he can, you know, help his wife. Because obviously uh, she's having some problems. And it said it envied her sister. Now, those are her relatives as well, correct? These are children. Do you want someone to have a spirit of envy around your children, Brother Melvin? No, ma'am. They possibly could hurt those children, correct? Yes, ma'am. Because envy is a very, very strong emotion. And it's not coming from a good place. Because God doesn't teach us to envy. Who is like God? Who is there to envy? He's God Almighty by himself. He's El Shaddai. Who should he be envying? No one. Exactly. So we have his spirit. We were created in his image. So he would not have given us the spirit of envy. There's nothing to envy. I made you in my likeness. I made you in my image. So we are endued with his characteristics. And envy is not one of them. Because there's no one like him. There's no competition. See, when you got envy, you got somebody is competitive for no reason. Because they're forgetting that God is the one that whom all our blessings flow. Not some of them. And when we want to rely on a man to give us something or to do something, then we're not understanding who God is because God moves on the hearts of men and women. Amen. Amen. But we have to take everything to the Lord in prayer. And so she is becoming accuser. She has a, a spirit of accusation and that's not of God. God asks questions. God don't accuse us of nothing. He already know the answer. Exactly. Okay. So now, now we got a fight going on. Uh, she's blaming her husband not being able to conceive. She's envious of her sister. And he's like, am I God? So, uh, wow. It's getting it's getting hectic, right? So what does she do here? We look at verse 3. And she presents her, her maid, Bilahad. But if you notice in verse 4, Brother Melvin, you have it right there, uh, chapter 30, verse 4. Of Genesis, can you read that? Then she gave Bilahad. You said four, right? Right. Uh huh. Then she gave him Bilahad, her maid, as a wife. Jacob went into her, so she gave him a son. But the thing is, now we got three wives. There's a wife making another person a wife. Do you see that? So, how, how many more wives are we gonna get? Well, we're going to keep reading. We're going to find out. But now we got three wives. And there's a woman that promoted another woman into wife. 
when she could have went to the Lord because the Lord is the reason why your womb is open or not. So now she is trying to deal with her envy, what a man-made solution. Not good. Not good at all. So, and she says uh, here, 6, God has judged my case, and he has also heard my voice and gave me a son. Therefore, she called his name Dan. She's still barren, though, right? There's another woman that she made wife, and now it's given the son Dan. Unbelievable. But uh, we have to see this. Right? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so um, let's keep going. So I am going to pick up at verse 7. 7. And Rachel's maid Bilahad conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. 8. Then Rachel said, With great wrestlings, I have wrestled with my sister. Indeed, I have prevailed. So she called his name Napatali. Do you see this? She says, with great wrestling. And she says that she has prevailed, yet there's another woman, Bilahad, who is actually bringing these children. She calls it a battle. It's her battle. Do you understand? Sometimes we're in battles by ourselves and we think that God is in the battle. No, that's your battle. And it wasn't with the right spirit. Envy is causing her to do this. And she's going to have a child by any means necessary. And she is not including God in the equation. She sees everybody else's fault, but she cannot see her own. And she has plenty of time to humble herself. Her sister had children first. Uh, isn't it important, uh, Brother Melvin, that we learn how to care for children? Yes, ma'am. Very important. You know, that could have dealt with her hardening heart. These are children. And and they're your family members. And if something is to happen to their mom, then you, you, you have to take care of them. And it's hard when we see this un, unloveness constantly perpetuated. What did Leah do? That she deserves constantly to be unloved. Nothing. So, uh, we, we have to see, we have to ask ourselves, why do we have a certain affection towards someone and, and an unnatural affection towards others? See, it's unnatural, Brother Melvin, not to love. It's unnatural. Because God loved us so much, he gave his only begotten son. Amen? Amen. So, <laughs> we were always made in love and with a promise. So, nine, when Leah saw that she had stopped bearing, she took to Zilpah, her maid, and gave her to Jacob as wife. Here we go. Now we got a competition. How many wives is that now? Four. Brother Melvin is holding up four fingers. So now we have Leah, we have Rachel, 
we have uh, Bilahad, and now we have Zilpah. So we got four wives and one man. This man's got to be pretty tired. He's got to please four wives. You know, but he put himself in that situation. See, that's what happens when you're a player. You're laughing at me. Am I telling the truth? Yes, ma'am. So stop me when I'm lying. Well, women can be players too. It's an equal opportunity because it's a spirit. And it has to deal with what you want. And you don't care who you hurt. You don't care what you have to do. You're going to have what you have. And everybody else, oh well. But you're nothing without God. And you think you can, you know, have that attitude and present that to God. Now, how, 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 how's that going to be working out for you? Not you have good. children who are literally going to, could possibly be against one another. And they have the same blood. So, you know, we, we have to understand that. We have to, to live together. And here we have one man, Jacob, who still has the spirit of deception, deceiver, and uh, he hasn't stepped up one time. He hasn't asked God for wisdom. He hasn't prayed to God about this situation or anything. So, you know, we have to understand, like I said, God wants us to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we have to own this stuff. We have to own what we do. Because what we do or don't do has consequences. And there's always spiritual consequences. So we have a caller. We're going to take the call and then we're going to get back to it. Hello, you're on Save the Loss at All Costs and God bless you. Hey, Shalom, Sister Nina. I am thoroughly enjoying this program. It's like hitting a hammer with the nail. It's it's right on target. Well, wonderful, and, uh, woman of God. And how are you today? I am greatly blessed. Highly favored and deeply loved, and the Almighty Yah still reigns on this beautiful Sunday. Yes, He yes. does, and forevermore. Hallelujah! And you know, you made a reference too about those sisters, the civil rivalry and the envy, and all this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's uh, quite ironic that you're talking about this because just I think it was about two weeks ago that was what I dealt with with my family in wow. regards to knowing that we cannot. Um, separate ourselves or distance ourselves from our family you know we can't they're not like strangers we they do us wrong we can just walk away from a stranger but when someone that is family the scripture says we love them because that's why the messiah said our worst enemies are those of our own household we can't we can't abandon our own flesh and blood because those are the ones we will see in the kingdom and besides um uh, their souls are more important than things Amen. So, and, uh, the, and the second thing that you brought about is about women can be players. Well, just yesterday in Proverbs, I think it's chapter uh, 7, I want to say, about the, the adulterous woman. Mm-hmm. For a long time, I used to always say that you never see a woman raping a man. But after reading that the other day, I realized that's not true. A woman can rape a man because she seduces them. And and so that's what I want to uh, acknowledge that, too, that... Uh, um, Amen. Well, the thing is, is that um, you're talking about Proverbs chapter 7. And if I go to um, verse 10, it says, And there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. She was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. 
12, and at times she was outside at times in the open square, lurking at every corner. 13, mm -hmm. so she caught him and kissed him. Mm -hmm. With an impudent face, she said to him, 14, I have peace offerings with me. Today I have paid my vows. Now I can come out and meet you diligently to seek your face, and I have found you. 16, and have spread my bed with tapestry, colored coverings of Egyptian linen. 17, I have perfumed my bed with mirth, aloes, and cinnamon. 18, come, let us take our field of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with love, for my husband is not home. He has gone on a long journey, has taken a bag of money with him, and will come home on the appointed day. Uh, 21, and with her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I'm talking about. When I they've read been doing it for a long time, Brother Melvin. Yes. Brother Melvin is looking at me. I said they've been doing oh, it yes. for a long time. Yes. And see, that's the thing about with prostitution. This was a married woman, mm -hmm. so there's no excuse. And it, the Holy Spirit just made it quite clear that we've so much been focusing on what the man. The man is responsible too, but. The woman also, and also with the man, not only, you know, when a man conceives his seed or casts his seeds all about, mm -hmm. but he has the life. And what the woman is, like this woman you just read, mm -hmm. she may not produce the, the seed or she knows there's a consequence of the child, and so she murders it. Right. And he just is guilty because he's casting his seed. He's just as much of a murderer as her because he's doing the unprecedented thing also. It wasn't ever meant for him to plant a seed with that woman or any other woman other than his own, what belongs to him. What we also have to understand, too, is that um, this man and this woman, when they joined each other in holy matrimony, they made a mm -hmm. promise to God. Yes, they did. See, so, you know, that's the whole thing. You promise God first. God hears the mm -hmm. lie first. Mm -hmm. And so that's the whole thing. And you want God to honor your marriage. You want him to perform uh, what you want him to do in your marriage. But you have no intention of doing what you promised him and others who witnessed it that you would do. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it says a lot about who we are and who God is because God will continue to perform in his covenant even when we don't. So it's mm -hmm. important that when we have weaknesses uh, that, uh, you know, we really go to the Lord in prayer. He can help us because mm -hmm. when we're at our weakest, he's at his strongest, but we yes. have to be able to admit that we have problems yes. and yes. that we need help because this is a spiritual problem. Yes, if you is. have, you know, where you want everything and you touching mm -hmm. everything and you seducing everything and being, mm -hmm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. fair exchange is no robbery. That, mm -hmm. that you mm -hmm. are seducing, that can seduce you. That, All that right. you are yes. sleeping with, somebody can yes. take your family away. Yes, so, you know, yes, like I said, yes. fair exchange is no robbery. And when mm -hmm. you take God out the equation, you know, you mm -hmm. got people uh, switching and taking uh, any time that they want to because mm -hmm. uh, it, it, you took God out the equation and he's let you uh, live your best life. And then folks are upset. Well, how could God let that happen? Because mm -hmm. you didn't allow him to be a part of the equation. But yeah. you want to, uh, you know, now you want to call him. It's an emergency. It's 911. And so, you know, we just have to see ourselves in it. I mean, I appreciate the patriarchs. I appreciate how this is playing out because it's important. I have an opportunity with this lesson to be able to make sure that my steps are ordered. Amen. So yes. that's the whole yes. thing. It's not about, oh, yes. they're, they're freaky, they're this and they're that. Mm -hmm. No, God puts us out there because uh, it's important to understand how we came about. 
and he still was God, even though people made decisions. And so that's the whole thing. Take responsibility for what you're doing. God doesn't lead us into temptation. He does not. He delivers us from temptation. Matter of fact, he delivers us from evil because he gives us everlasting life if we so desire it. But there's something that uh, is required of you. And obedience is an intentional act. You cannot be obedient without having any evidence of obedience. Just saying it is not enough. I'm obedient. Well, there must be some evidence of that. So our whole thing is that if somebody's just here... Uh, to be the church police, to pull people over mm-hmm. and give Napitali tickets and Dan tickets and Asher tickets and Leah tickets. Well, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. God has already settled it. So you can't outdo God. God has settled it. And these are the patriarchs of the family. These are the 12 tribes. Get over it. Yes, yes. This is is who we belong to. This is where we we come out of. But you know what? We got a righteous God. So I thank God that he allowed them to manifest and I can get a lesson out of this. So thank you, sis, for calling in. Appreciate you. Thank you for that encouragement. Uh, All right. We love you and happy birthday. Love you. Love you you more. All right. Shalom, shalom. Thank you, sis. All right. Bye-bye. So, Brother Melvin, uh, again, we send uh, Sister Dorothy love and prayers uh, her birthday's tomorrow, and it's a blessing that she called in. Absolutely. All right, so uh, we're going to get back to it, and uh, I believe we are where we talked about the wrestling, right? So, eight. then Rachel said, with great wrestlings, I have wrestled with my sister, and indeed I have prevailed. So she called his name Napatali. Nine, when Leah said, excuse me, nine, when Leah saw that she had stopped bearing, she took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her to Jacob as wife. That's how we established the fourth wife. Ten, and Leah's maid, Zilpah, bore Jacob a son. Eleven, and Leah said, a troop comes, so she called his name Gad. Twelve, and Leah's maid, Zilpah, bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, I am happy, for the daughters will call me blessed. So she called his name Asher. 14. Now Reuben went in the days of wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. Mandrakes were considered... uh, Something that was used as an aphrodisiac and also to um, help with uh, a person becoming pregnant. So it was used, you know, for fertility. Okay. So it's a root that grows in the ground, uh, but uh, that's what it's used for. So we have uh, Leah asking, no, Rachel asking Leah, please. Give me some of your son's mandrakes. So we see that in verse 14. So let's look at 15 closely. This is Leah talking. But she said to her, Is it a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Would you take away my son's mandrakes also? See, Rachel is used to getting what she wants. So she's saying that's not a small matter. And it's never been a small matter. You took away my husband. She only had him for one week. And then after that, she's had to share him. And now we have uh, four wives, you know, total. And then we have this competition. Here's Leah, who, you know, naturally didn't have a competitive spirit. But then she didn't have children. And now, you know, she wants to use a handmaid to bring about children. He got a lot of children. 
Yeah, and and he he's just going anywhere they tell him. Uh, Tuesday night you over here, Wednesday night you over here, Thursday overnight, you know, uh, Friday over here. He just got a honey do list. Honey, you do this. Honey, you do that. The man has not said nothing. He's just you know I I just don't know. He's he's just become uh, a machine. And I don't I don't think he's having a real problem with it. I I haven't said read anything where he said one thing about it. It's just unnatural. somebody's going to get major hurt you know somebody's got to win somebody's got to lose somebody's got to play the fool and somebody's got to almost die and and we're seeing all this played out and this this should give us pause you know our heart should be like oh my god this this is not good this is not good and i'm like where is the man in this i haven't heard him so now we have the son. So would you take away my son's mandrakes also? So that was in verse 15. And Rachel said, therefore, he will lie with you tonight for your son's mandrakes. Oh, so now they're selling him. <laughs> Give me the mandrakes and he could be yours tonight. And the son is listening to it. This is the firstborn seeing the sister wives ordering his daddy around. It's, it's a prostitution, one on one. So let's keep going. Sixteen. When Jacob came out of the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, "You must come into me, for I have surely hired you with my son's mandrakes." And he laid with her that night. Uh, don't you hire a prostitute? And the pimp gets the money, right? Right. Okay. That's how it goes. Un- uh, 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 unbelievable, Brother Melvin. It is, it's, it's actually breathtaking here. But, you know, God knows that we can handle it. Because it's important that we get the lesson, sir. Yes, ma'am. 17, and God listened to Leah. And she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. And Leah said, God has given me my wages because I have given my maid to my husband. So she called his name Issachar. 19. Then Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. And Leah said, God has endowed me with a good endowment. Now my husband will dwell with me because I have borne him six sons. So she called his name Zebulon. 21. Afterwards she bore a daughter. And called her Dinah. 22. Then God remembered Rachel. And God listened to her. And opened her womb. 23. And she conceived and bore a son. And said God has taken away my reproach. 24. Now she called his name Joseph. And said the Lord shall add to me another son. Now do you see this is the first time. We started in chapter 29. We came all the way to 30. And then we go down to Verse 23, it says, Then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb. She was barren at chapter 29, verse 1. It took all of 29, almost to the end of chapter 30, for this woman, Rachel, to have a conversation with God that I believe would involve prayer. Because prayer is the language that God tells us to use to speak to him. But as we see Leah 
being unloved has developed a real close relationship with God. See, Rachel has a lot of sex. But where is the love? Now, Leah may not have as much. But it's love. But it's love. And God is in it. You understand? Yes, ma'am. So we have to be able to see what is it that you want more of. Because what happens when you can't have sex in a relationship? There has to be a foundation of love. Amen? Amen. Because you can have sex and have no love. But you got to have love in order to have God. Because you can't worship God with sex. And I hope our listeners caught that in the spirit. That's not what you can worship God with. Amen? Amen. 27, and Laban said to him, no, we're going up to 25. And it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph that Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own place and to my country. 26, give me my wives and my children from whom I've served you and let me go for you know my service which I have done for you. 27, and Laban said to him, please stay if I have found favor in your eyes for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. 28. Then he said, Name me your wages, and I will give it. 29. So Jacob said to him, You know how I have served you and how your livestock has been with me. We're going to stop right there. We're going to pick up a profile of Rachel, excuse me, profile of Leah, uh, part two, next uh, Sunday. So I hope that you guys have been blessed. We talked about a lot of things. God has shown us things. So uh, as we say here, we love you and save the lost at all costs, and God bless. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. Also, you can listen to KKVV Christian Talk Radio anytime via your cell phone. Please dial 605-313-0630. Again, that number is 605-313-0630. That number only works in the United States. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website www.savethelostlv.org If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost Inc. P.O. Box number 
833-5852, North Las Vegas 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 33-5852, North Las Vegas 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.